this is Apostle Baker J. Baker, who is a doctor in psychology, and we're here still telling it like it is. Push the share button, share this with your friends, your enemies, your family, all different types of people and stuff, and uh, get ready for Apostle uh, Barry Cook, who is here talking about the cluster of grapes and how we are to work together and the mission and all of this. And if you don't have his book, Mission, uh, uh, mission Minded Ministries, then you need to go on his site, our uh, Love and Energy site, wherever it is, you need to hunt it down and get it. Apostle Barry, come on, come on, come on. I am so ready for you. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Baker. You can get it on uh, Amazon.com. Uh, it's Admission Minded Leaders by Dr. Barry Cook. And you, I believe on the Love and Unity site, I was told that it is there also. Okay. So, see, I just I just listed your next book. That's all. That's the next one that's coming out. See. Yeah. Is that what it is? So this is Mission Minded yeah, Leaders. Okay. We are talking about the cluster, the new wine being in the cluster out of Isaiah. And we, uh, we, we started with that and went down through the text and started looking at different aspects of um, the blessings being in the cluster, the new wine being in the cluster. And uh, we began looking at uh, team ministry, people uh, working together in different aspects. And then we began um, at the very end of our last uh, um, show, we, we were talking about the different clusters of structural cl clusters or giving um, grace clusters. I don't know how to say it because they're avenues like, like Romans 12 when it lists out all the different functions and giftings that people have and how they're supposed to work together to, to be faithful, to do it according to the proportion that they've been giving. And um, and then uh, in Romans, I mean, in Ephesians 4, where it talks about apostles, prophets, pastor, teacher, another cluster is listed. In 1 Corinthians 11 and 12 and 13 and 14, it's, it has other clusters. It has clusters of love and, and functionary aspects of love being in clusters. It has a different facets of these grace. So there are graces that are put within these clusters that provide new wine into the body of Christ, but these are found on those that cluster. So that's the fascinating part about it, because again, Paul talked about the church often and always said, this is a great mystery. You know, it's the it's a mystery of the ecclesia. So what we think we see on one surface is really that. It, it's a surface element to many layers within it that uh, God has already predisposed blessings and anointings for those who wish to advance forward in, in the word. So the blessing is in the gift, plural, of the spirit, not in one gift alone. The gifts of the spirit are in a cluster, you know, and, uh, and just one example, you know. And also the clusters, I mentioned this the last time, and I, I thought I would talk about where that phrase came from. And I said, the clusters were not to be destroyed. Now, the reason I said that is because the enemies of the church have sought to destroy the clusters of God's vine and his vineyard over the centuries in church history. That's why the people have tried the cessation theory. Well, the gifts ceased. Well, the apostles and prophets, the fivefold ministry ceased at this particular time. And so they, there have been people that have tried to destroy clusters because 
the new wine and the blessings are in those clusters. So the enemy seeks to destroy those clusters in the vineyard of God. And the Song of Solomon speaks of the necessity of taking the little foxes that spoil the vines. For our vines have tender grapes, it says in Song of Solomon 2.15. So the foxes of unbelief tradition, and so forth, just, just, just to bounce across a few, have spoiled God's vineyard and the vine of the church over the years. These foxes have attempted to destroy the fruit of the vine, um, you know, that comes out of it. And, and, and even that, um, control the fruit through legalism, force forcing appearance fruit, like plastic fruit on a table. And people are happier with plastic fruit than they are with genuine change. And so then we get happy. We think, then we deceive ourselves as preachers because we don't judge our own ministries. Like, am I genuinely anointed? Am I being effective? I mean, how come what I'm saying doesn't produce anything? So, I, so then we force them. Well, you just act right. Just at least when you're in church, you know, you know, and I, I mean, there's a, there's a place that's true. But on the other hand, there should be, clusters of genuine fruit and grapes of people that have changed and are full and are pressing into deeper places in the spirit and in God, not to seek out people's dirt sides or whatever of one another or cause division with each other or be jealous of different things, but in order to see that mission done. There is an anointing in it. We talked about it. There is blessings in it. There is graces in it. Hallelujah. And we have to understand this. So Jesus likened his father into a husbandman. He likened the church to branches. He himself is a true vine. Now the vine itself does not bear fruit, but the branches are the fruit bearing part of the vine, Christ. So the clusters of grapes are to be found on the branches. So you know, that's why we're co-laborers in this thing. We have to understand that God set it up in a manner that includes our wills being involved in moving into the things of the Lord. And the Holy Spirit is often likened to like divine sap, you know, <laughs> it runs through it. You know, the vine life of Christ flowing from Christ to the branches, you know, the church or universally or locally or individually. And the evidence of this vine life is obviously manifested in fruit. I mean, if you've got a fruit tree and the fruit tree doesn't bear fruit, there's something wrong with the tree, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, the clusters of ministries and gifts should be evident as fruit in the church that blesses people. It, so I was saying it's an avenue of grace that flows through. I love this too. It reminded me of something. The prophecy of Jacob over his son, Joseph, is a really beautiful prophecy because Joseph is, it says, Joseph is a fruitful bow, even a fruitful bow by a well, <laughs> whose branches run over the well. Genesis 49. Joseph was a fruitful bow. Joseph lived by a well of divine water, drawing from it. Divine water, supernaturally speaking here. Joseph's branches went over the wall through his ministry and spiritual gifts. So 
though the limit family may even have limits or metrons that others thought, so this is our property this far as we go. God was trying to tell Joseph, your ministry is going to go up a little further than your brother's. This one's going to go on out past where your daddy got to. You know, now he we know he got heat from his brothers and jealousy because of it. But these this language and this vision of how God wants to see our fruitfulness. Joseph blessed his family, blessed his brothers, Pharaoh's household, and the world in famine. But listen, I beg your pardon. I never promise you no rose garden. <laughs> it's an old song, but you know. Then every rose has its thorn, if we're going to say that, because look at Joseph's life. I mean, there are prices to pay. See, that's another thing. Again, I keep saying people don't understand that ministry sometimes and why ministers continue, why ministers put up with stuff. Why? But then what happened is used to there'd be people in the church. I'm going to tell this. I got a grandfather, my dad's father in 56 years in his Baptist church, he never failed once to open the doors of the church and turn on the air conditioner. That was his job, turn on the air conditioner and heat. And I remember at his funeral that the the current pastor of the church was telling me, I looked through his records and in just trying to find out, and I and I came across this and I remember, and all it said that he would write every time when he had to fill out a thing is he just said, I am faithful. When, when it came to sign his name, he wouldn't say Robert Cook. He would say, I am faithful. And I thought, I mean, I, something stood up inside of me. I thought, dear God, I mean, you know, he planned his vacations around. I mean, that's, it's excessive. But the point was, he felt like that was a key to keeping his family for generations plugged into heaven. And he didn't know what else, but that was his way of saying, I'm committed to the cluster because I'm believing for generational blessings. I mean, there's so many levels to this. And and I can say, you know, I mean, our families have tons of Christians in them. I mean, way more Christians and I mean, spirit-filled devil casting out Holy Ghost filled Christians than, than we do unsaved people or people that are just crazy. And, and most of the crazy ones you call, you say, we need to pray. They, they'll put their stuff down and step into it. They still know because along the family route, the cluster of the family produced new wine for the children. And there was a blessing in it, you know? So, hallelujah. Oh Lord Jesus. So, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is, is blessed the nations of the earth as well as the church locally and universally. The blessing is to be found in the cluster of ministries and the gifts in the vine and in her branches. I'll throw that back over to you for a second there. I know. <laughs> you Okay, I'll keep going. All right, yeah. So the verse that we're talking about in Isaiah, yeah, I keep going. I got some more to say. I'm like, but uh, I just need you to come on if you need to say something. So, um, it, but the verse we're looking at in Isaiah, uh, uh, the verse is being used here to illustrate some spiritual truths that that um, the writer, 
you know, uh, of the scriptures, believes the Lord is quickened, you know, about the body of Christ. So he's relating these things. And, and I love it because a person, a person may be pastoral, prophetic, evangelistic, apostolic, um, or a teacher. There's such a wide variety of the kinds of ministries, uh, but they may be teachers in the cluster or prophets in the cluster or uh, so forth. This, this allows for variety of grace gifts, not trying to force all into certain molds and allowing the different gift expressions to be utilized. But see, notice that God's intent is synergy. Like just when my hands are going back and forth because it's not like, this is my time. It's we're we're working to they're synergizing. The different grace expressions are synergizing in the release to produce a maturity and a fullness in the body of Christ. And notice each one of those fivefold ministries have a different. I mean, if you were to take a phrase and you were to say, you know, um, you know the 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 way that something was talked about or delivered, like when we, I always relate it, like if you were to counsel somebody in counseling and you and you go through it and say, okay, um, uh, Dr. Becker, I thank you for coming in here today. And I just say, now in response to what you've told me, you know, pastorally, I can just say that you're going to be all right. I mean, I, I know it's hard right now and I know you're feeling this right now. And I know you have this right now going on. And, and, and as a teacher, I might say, now, here's two or three things I jotted down that I think if you'll write down, they'll be helpful. And um, and let me tell you why I said this, because I believe this, you know, and you da, 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 you walk them through it and it's going to prop you up in your soul. I believe it gives you some action steps to take immediately, so on and so forth. And, and then I might say prophetically, and you know, I just really sense the spirit of the Lord is saying this, this, and this, and this unto you. Now, and I'm going through each one of these. Now, and evangelistically, I might say, um, you know, I just really sense the Lord's calling you to a closer walk with him right now. I mean, I feel like some of these things we've talked about today, you need to go back and repent. You just need to say, Lord Jesus, wipe me, you know, talk to him, get, get, get this off of your, make things right with the Lord, you know, reconcile those differences. And then lastly, I may say uh, apostolically, because you know, there's divine order that God is trying to put in your life right now. And you have to understand that when you begin to get this structure taken care of, you won't fall behind on your bills anymore. It's, you're not going to feel as overwhelmed because you're going to have a little system set up. You're going to have categories set up and you're determined to press your life forward. And now I might not tell them, I just said that, you know, but all of those are a different type of juice. That's my point. Each one of them is right, but one without the other is not the fullness. I don't understand why guys, especially apostles, when I talk about this kind of stuff, you know, they're like, they're still stuck in that one man, one expression paradigm, and they feel like that's too much trouble. But I think they need a revelation of a doggone cluster of the Lord, because if you truly have it, you understand that. Even when I express it like that, I mean, if, if if it's one all the time, think how dysfunctional you're producing your people. I mean, if it's just, you know, and that's why people say, well, you can't preach an apostolic message on a Sunday morning. 
I'm thinking, who who says? I'm like, just not every single time you open your mouth, you know. I mean, you have to, it has to have the scent of all of these things. And that ministers to the whole man. It ministers to different groups of people within the church. It's wisdom, it's maturity. But we still, you know, and I even use that example for counseling because that's how I raise my leaders. If you were to not to talk to me, if I wasn't on this and you had any of the people from any of my churches that came on here, they would know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we counsel through the fivefold because we make sure we cover all five so that we're making sure we're giving the proper advice, balanced advice. I'm like, is that that tough? But I had to take folk off the street and train them to do that because the church folk Start, but I'm not an apostle. Ain't nobody asking you to be an apostle. You know, that's just, I'm not a prophet. You just can't, you know, I'm not, I'll never be an evangelist. I mean, I'm like, Lord Jesus. Okay. They're not ready for a cluster yet. They just need individual training. And then they get jealous. That's what I'm talking about in the last one. Then they get jealous of people in the cluster. But you're thinking, but, but, but you, those are basic things. No, no, you have a dimension into it. Release that. Tap into that thing. Well, I'm not, and, and it shows when people are weak or hesitant in those areas, it shows them, what it should show them is like looking in the mirror and seeing a part of your body that need a little work. And you're like, no, that's not showing what you're not. It's showing what you're weak in, you know, and natural mindset, spiritual, ecclesiastical, you know, ecclesia, the you know, the, the revelation of the body of Christ. That's what we're talking about versus our, and see, we're bringing all those things in, into our apostolic moods. And yet at the same time, we're preaching against all of it. It's like, I mean, preaching against not doing it, but nobody's doing it because if they do it, then they have to change too. So it's a lot easier for people just to change their lingo than it is to change their function and upgrade it. But then that reason that they don't grow after they get it or they get less is because talk don't do it. You've got to be it and you've got to feel it and you've got to commit to it and you've got to press into the, the cluster of it, not because somebody makes you religiously, because that, that'll work for a while, but you'll fight yourself inside. You know, you got to see it yourself. So anyway, uh, Lord Jesus, I dislike that stuff. But um, you want to say something? You want me to keep going? No, you spoke about, I want to just throw something in there. You spoke yeah. about, you spoke about Joseph. Yeah, I did. You spoke about, uh, um, you know, you, you look at this and you mentioned something that people don't want to hear. Every part of this is a price to pay. I've, I've, I've operated in all five of these ascension gifts. I don't use fivefold a lot because it seems right. like we're closing everything off. But I've operated in all that. I didn't stop. I did not stop. And many people are calling themselves apostles. This is the reason that it's not because the true apostolic is operating in all of this. It is not operating in just one part of it. It it. It, it, it it's an ascension and because they don't spend time in that seat we talk about the seat oh i'm seated here i'm seated here yo anyway uh you know i was going yeah. uh, but the whole thing of it is is this you need to get off of your seat 
and you need to start to move in it. And this is what it is that you're saying, because otherwise what is happening is that there is, there is, there's no movement. There's no balanced movement. I mean, I'm not a basket. My grandson plays basketball, but if he just stood there and waited for somebody to do the ball, I mean, people are, I mean, people are moving. There's motion. I mean, the water, everything has motion. And this is what it is. Uh, if you're going to fellowship, the ship is normally in water and there is motion. So I'm enjoying this. Just keep going on. I just wanted to throw that out there. No, that's excellent. Excellent. And, and you know, I guess, I guess to some of this thing, too, I, I should say, it helps to see that um, all apostles are not like the apostle Paul and should not be forced into that armor either. And all prophets cannot be forced into the Elijah mold <laughs> uh, and, and, and so on throughout the different ministries. You know, they're different, to, you know, callings are different administrate, but they'll all have the basic things and they'll care about all five. They'll care about these things. If you're called to the five, if you're genuinely called to the fivefold ministry, even if you feel like you're just a hardcore evangelist, if you're mature in that office, you have a respect and an understanding and you're linked together with the others because you understand it all works together as a cluster in the body of Christ. So yes, I'm not, well, you're saying I'm not in the, no, I'm saying you're immature evangelist that lacks revelation of the body of Christ and us working together to synergize our movements where predisposed blessings have already been left for us. So don't be ignorant and join together so we can all be blessed. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyway, the principle taken from this verse is really applicable out of Isaiah to all ministries, services, giftings, talents, and the body of Christ. It's not possible you know, to deal with all of them, you know, but in all these programs, don't, don't go there, doc. We can't be doing this for years now, but, um, you know, I think it would be good to kind of go over some of these and that was and look at them in a different light. And I was just kind of thinking about this and feeling it. And I thought, you know, my thoughts kind of started going down like even old Testament ministries and, you know, the study of old Testament presents six or possibly even seven types of ministry that were left, that God raised up. And it's important for us to understand these in the nation of Israel and in the Old Testament church. You know, Acts 738, it talks about the church in the wilderness. And all were called and anointed. You know, people said there wasn't a church in the Old Testament. But like I said, in, in Acts 738, it refers to Moses being pastoring the, the you know, the church in Israel. So, you know, in the natural, no, it wasn't a church. In the spirit, the way God saw it was, he's not just their leader, he's their spiritual leader, and he's guiding them in the things of the Lord. He's teaching about true worship. Aaron tried to make a stinking golden calf when he went away. And, um, and you know, of course, he came down, he heard him party, and he comes down, what's going on? You know, he busts it up. Anyway, that was a whole situation. He he melted that sucker down and made him drink it. But I, I don't. I hope that gold did him good. But anyway, um, you know, it, it was. Uh, this is the kind of stuff that happens though. When and people, we don't need a leader. And you, who, why you think you're in charge? Cause stupid stuff like this happens. 
that like that happens. People start worshiping the musical pastor. People start worshiping the children's church. People start worshiping, you know, we're a children's base. Hey, you should be, knucklehead. Every church is. You should care about your children, you know? Uh, well, we're a praise church. Of course you are. You should be. Every church is. But if you're not balanced, then you're not accurate. You know, you should be word-based also. Well, you know, that's not our strong point. Then how did you become a church? Who let you in? You know, who sanctioned you? Anyway, and then... That's the kind of stuff that apostolic people care about. That's why Paul said, you know, we're not always appreciative for what we do, but our goal is jealousy for what God's trying to build. It's not because we're trying to build this kingdom thing. I mean, Paul wasn't, and that's what he encouraged us not to do. Um, we're all called and anointed of God for a particular function. And, and that's what we have to understand. Our grapes have juice in them. So you know, I don't know what I'm, yeah, but you you got it. It's in, because you're great and you're bearing fruit and you're getting plump in the spirit, <laughs> maybe in the natural too, but that's another story. And all were gifted and graced, you know, in their calling for God. And and I don't know how far I got to go here, but just tell me when to stop. But two minutes, okay. So first thing we see in the Old Testament, and, and I want to call this out because I want to talk about it in New Testament life, you know, is Judges. Judges were chosen from various tribes. They were raised up as deliverers and saviors in Nehemiah 9 and Obed 1 and various other texts. Um, I mean, the whole, the whole book of Judges, you know, that's the whole thing. They, people cried out on the Lord and God sent them a deliverer. You understand? And the same thing happens today in the New Testament. That's when a, when people cry out in a city for, you know, we just need a righteous pastor. We need a good, some good church. God hears those prayers. Now, sometimes he turns around current ones in the city that you didn't think would turn around. The cry of the people is important. I mean, you know, all the churches in our area are just full of the devil and all of this. I know, but God will hear the cries of his people. I mean, he'll hear a widow woman who plagues him day and night and then move on her behalf and say, okay, that little dead church down there, I'm going to light it on fire, go down there and get ready. And then you head down there and it's a year and a half later until anything happens. But that's how God does things. You know, he raises and calls people to go do things through each we're called to be a judge, deliver, savior, whatever. Each were unique in their gifting. Each one of the people listed in Judges were different. As a book of, you know, Judges shows. I love the book, book of Judges, by the way. I love to preach from it. I call it the Nordids because I, I preach a message called the Nordids because in the King James Version, it says, and uh, God sent a deliverer and he delivered them and God blessed them. And then it says, and after deliverer was gone, um, the people didn't drive out the Ammonites, nor did they tear down the idols on the far ends of the of the place, nor did they continue in temple worship and prayer, nor did that the problem is the nor dids. You know, push your neighbor and ask, uh, you're a nor did? Because you need to get right today. Hallelujah. Welcome to the house of the Lord. <laughs> but <laughs> last statement, but together these people, these judges constituted a cluster of judge deliverers, and they bless the nation uh, and save the people from the various servitudes that were going on. And that's another story too. Wow. You know, one of the things of it is, is this, and here's, here's something, you're talking about the pattern. You're talking about the pattern that God 
He designed this pattern. He chose this pattern. You didn't do it. I didn't do it. But the thing of it is, is this. We pray for the people that your eyes be open and your ears hear. Let those inner ears, let those ears hear what God has said. The Spirit of God has said to you, the church, and stop walking in this place of this is the way we used to do it. This is the way that I believe. It's time. We're speaking into you right now. There's some of you, your so-called beliefs, you need to drop them and you need to find out, go back and listen to last week and listen to this over and over and over and over again. It's time to stop saying, okay. I already know that because unless you're doing it, you don't know squat, squat. So any rate, we'll be back next week when Apostle Barry is here to just keep uh, uh, prodding this thing and, and keep breaking through because that's what apostles do. We break through and break you into where it is that God wants you to be. So we thank you for joining us today. And I am so glad that my friend, protege, uh, uh, man that I love and honor and respect, I, I'm so glad that you were here today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we'll see you next time. All righty. Bye-bye. Thank you for having me.